The following is a special presentation from Pastor Joanne Ramsey and Speak the Word Ministries. We trust God's Word will bless you as you listen to this message. Here's Pastor Joe. The Lord impressed upon me uh, to speak and to put you in remembrance of His Word and in His promises because this is what He tells us to do in Isaiah 40. 326. He says, put me in remembrance of my word that I can plead your case with you. And I don't know of any better time than we can put God in remembrance of his word right now and not only put him in remembrance of his word right now, but stand on that word. Stand on that word. Don't just read a little bit of it, but stand on it. And to remind you also that we're still serving the same God today, that God has not changed. In Hebrews 13, 6 and 8 says, we can confidently say that the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? And verse 8 says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And beloved, I do not stand here, like I said before, and minimize the seriousness of what is going around happening in the world and in America. I just want to change your focus. That, that's my point today, is to change your focus our focus should be on our God. It should be on our creator and our believer. And we have to understand that there is power, power in the name of Jesus. And this virus, like anything else, has to bow its knee in the name of Jesus. If you want to look those scriptures up, you'll find them in Philippians 2, verses 10 and 11 and Romans 14. The Lord reminded me also that Satan cannot create anything new. He, in, he informed me that he is an imitator of what God has already done. This pandemic was created by Satan to bring death, confusion, and fear, and primarily to turn us against each other. As a matter of fact, I was watching on Facebook, uh, saw a thing on Facebook this morning where this person and some of you listening and watching this morning may have seen the same thing where this person was uh, filmed outside of his garage where immediately in February when this thing started turning about where he had gone to Walmart and uh, all these other stores and gathered up all of these supplies, you know, um, cleaning supplies, the hand sanitizer. His garage was packed full and he was trying to sell it. But apparently um, Amazon and eBay pulled him off. And so now he's stuck with a garage full of stuff. And this is what's happening. He's not the only one that has done this. And, and it, 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 it's really a shame that the people are trying to make money off of what's going on, but this is something that is not new. This is something that happens periodically when we experience things, uh, whether it's thunderstorms, where it's um, hurricanes or, or diseases or whatever's going on. People always try. They're always trying to make money off of it, and this really saddens me. But you know, a pandemic is, in case you don't know, is a disease that is widespread over the whole world, the country. It's an epidemic over a large area. And what you might not know is that Satan is just standing back watching as we destroy one another. The Lord impressed upon me that the people keep the fire. And I want you to listen to this, saints. The Lord impressed upon me that the people are keeping this fire and the fear going on through their selfishness and their greed. And that was a really great example of, of selfishness and greed when I saw this picture with the garage filled full of sanit you know, sanitizer and cleaning supplies that other people need to survive. And they're out there hoarding it and making uh, uh, tr trying to make a dollar on it. And the, word, uh, and the words they continue to give life to, this is another thing that the Lord, not only their selfishness and greed, but the words that people continue to give life to. Most 
are not even aware of the power that they have in their tongues. This is my ministry. It's called Speak the Word Ministry. And the Lord has instructed me over the years the importance of the words coming out of our mouth, the power that's in our words. It's the same power that was in God's Word. God, He spoke this creation into existence through the Word. And we are created in His image and His likeness. And so we need to speak these things into existence. We need to be calling those things as as I will speak on in a little bit, those that be not as though they are not, stop speaking death. We should stop speaking death. We need to speak life. We have the government. We have false prophets. We have the media. We have pastors and people speaking doom over us. And let me say a few words here on prophecy. Prophecy, exactly what prophecy is, is speaking words. And I want you to notice something very important about prophesying. Your gift of prophecy is based on speaking, speaking words. I think it is pertinent to say that in the last days, men and women will be speaking inspired words, according to Joel 2.28 in the New King James. It says, And it shall come to pass after that, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And whether you realize it or not, you are essentially speaking words inspired by the Holy Spirit when you repeat or talk about the word given by a true prophet. And I put that in for emphasis, true prophets. The word and the spirit, are all, they always agree. The word of God and the spirit always agree. And this is one way that you can tell if someone is prophesying, it's coming from a false prophet. The true manifestation of prophecy will always agree with God's word. The simple manifestation of the gift of prophecy deals especially with the effect, force, significance, and power of words. So saints, I plead with you, please do not lend your voice to prophesy words inspired of evil and repeat what some news reporter is saying or some false prophets. Know this, the government can order you to stay in your home, but they have no control over your mouth. Only you can control your words. Are you hearing me? In 1 Peter 3.10, it says, For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. And there are some false prophets of doom speaking words of death to our nation. Yes, there are things that need to be changed, but by speaking, you are calling those things, according to Romans 4.17, every time you speak about the horrible things that are going on in the United States and other countries, you are confirming what already exists. Do you want to confirm that? My question to you to this afternoon is, do you want to confirm that? Or do you want to call things that are not as though they are until they manifest? It seems to me that all of a sudden we have prophets and prophetess coming out of the woodwork. Everybody's got a word. Well, I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, the only word that is worth anything is coming out of the Bible. And I'm using my iPad because I got about 12 translations in this and this is my Bible. But this is the only thing that you're going to get a true word from. You know, you can turn on your Facebook, your iPad, anything, and you've got everybody prophesying. Everybody's got a word. Praise the Lord. Now, that now we have this thing called social distancing. 
We know that that it's not of God. God is all about touching. God is all about embracing. He's about his people coming together. It seems that the government is causing more fear by some of their predictions, which is actually paralyzing some people. I taught a message a few weeks ago about heaven and hell act on your words. And saints, they both do. Let me remind you that Satan, that heaven and hell, in other words, the Bible says that God has his, that he hearkens to his word to bring it about. He also says he has his angels standing by to hearken to his word to bring it about. But we also have to understand that there are demonic spirits that they are, they are active and they're standing by to perform your words. So when you're speaking words of death and unbelief and doubt, then the enemy are spreading those words. And whether you realize it or not, those words are going out into the atmosphere and they're creating what you speak. But on the other hand, if you speak life, then God is active and alert to perform his word. And he also says that he will send forth his word. It will go where he sends it. It will prosper the thing for which to he sends it. And he says, it will not return unto me void. And he said, I even have my angels standing by to hearken to my word and hasten. He said to hasten to bring it about. Fear is the reverse gear of faith. Fear is produced by believing the wrong things. And we have had so much. I know that there's some truth in some of the things that the news media is saying, but I've noticed that even in the tone or their voices, I don't normally watch the news or read newspapers because the Lord impressed upon me 25 years ago that it would affect my faith, it would affect my ministry, and I, then I should not watch it, and so I don't. But I, I, I do not have my head buried in the sand. My husband tells me things, and I see a few things here and there, but... I hear a word here and there, but I do not sit there and watch it. And I, I never turn it to a, I never buy a newspaper. I never turn my TV there. Uh, it's, it's, people just sit there. I have family members that, I mean, they just sit there and feed on it and feed on it. But what Jeff and I are trying to do through this live stream today is to get you to change your focus and to use this downtime that I know you're still having to work at home. But also you have you have take breaks and and there's times that you can uh, use this time to spend more time in the word and more time encouraging people and lifting people up and reaching out and serving people. The Lord Jesus says the way you serve him is by serving others. So we need to be concerned about each other instead of trying to tear, tear each other apart. Fear is produced by, as I, as I said, by believing the wrong things. Fear is faith in the, in, in the enemy's abilities rather than God's. Satan's words produces fear. They always do, but not God's word. God's word always produces peace and calm. The Lord brought this scripture to me in my prayer time and many more scriptures that I'm going to read as we go along. But I wanted to read this to you. He gave me... Um, in uh, Second Chronicles, um, uh, if you have your Bibles with you today, uh, we're going to read uh, some verses in Second Chronicles 20, verses 1 through 12. As a matter of fact, verses 2, it says, Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. He says, They are already at Hazazon Tamar. Verse 3 said, Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. 
you know. And so we, we haven't done that. Some people have been fasting. Some people have been praying. But most of them are running to the stores to make sure they get the hand sanitizer, get the toilet paper. And I must say that just about as many Christians are doing it as anybody else, as the non-believers. This, this day and the time that we live in, sometimes it's hard to detail the Christian, the believers, from the non-believers because we all are do, acting the same way. We have to have our faith. We have to act our faith. I, I will tell you, I'm not afraid. I really am not fearful. My husband says he's not fearful. He does what he needs to do to take action um, to help protect his employees at his company. He sent them home with iPads. He kept some there. Their shop he has to keep. But you minimize. You do what you can, and 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 keep and do as they as the people that are in authority over you ask you to do. And that's what we are. We and I think one of the things in America, in other countries, usually when people speak, whether it's in North Korea or some of the other countries, people generally will listen because they're used to. Uh, they're not used to being um, arrogant and rebellious. They usually listen. Here in the United States, the people are used to doing their own thing, and especially our young people. And, and let me stop and say this too. We really need to pray for our young people because our young people think that they're invincible. But nobody's invincible. As a matter of fact, I understand that they diagnosed a baby yesterday with it. Nobody is invincible when the enemy is on the prowl. He is not particular about who he takes down. He, he just does not. So it, it, really, it really doesn't matter. But we need to pray for them. They do not realize that even though they might think they're invincible, I don't think they've taken into consideration because all they can think about are themselves and their self-pleasures, which is what Second Timothy 1, uh, chapter 3 tells you in the end days. This is what they do. They're, uh, they're, they're only concerned about their own self, their own pleasures, and what's going on, but they don't recognize that when they're out doing the things that they're doing that um, they can be contaminated and they take it to their parents and to their grandparents and other people around them. So whether they're where, where they were, maybe they think they may not get it, they can give it to somebody else. They just need to use caution. We need to keep those young people, when everybody lifts up in prayer, but especially right now, our young people, and ask the Lord, just give them some wisdom. Give them some clarity. Give them some, just wake them up. They need to be awake. Anyway, he said he was terrified by the news. When, when we, we were terrified by the news, when we found out that, you know, uh, in China, we felt really bad about China. But now it's spread in other countries and over into the United States. So it's gotten closer to our home. And so now we're becoming more concerned, and especially in some areas, as they call hot spots, are being hit harder than others. And they just really need to be lifted up in prayer. He said here in verse 4, he says, So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new uh, courtyard at the temple that he prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. He says, you are powerful and mighty and no one can stand against you. You know, folks, that hasn't changed. God said, if I be for you, who can be against you? So that, that nothing has changed there. He said, O 
our God, did you not drive out those who lived in uh, this land when your people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, Whenever we are faced with any calamity, such as war, plague, which we got with a plague right now, or famine, and they say we're headed toward that, we can, come to, we can come to stand in your presence before the temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us, and you will rescue us. And I'm saying today, if we cry out to God, God said, if you cry out to me, he says, I will answer you. If you put all this other stuff aside, all these other idols that you've been worshiping and just cry out to God, God said, I will hear your cry. And he said, I will rescue you. He said, my arm is not so short that I can't reach down, he says, and touch you. And I'm going to skip on down to verse 12. It says, oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking for you for help. We do not know what to do, brothers and sisters. We don't know what to do except to look to God. And really, He should not be our last resort. He should be our first resort. He should be the first one that we turn to and not the last. Some people say, well, I've done everything I can to do now. I, the only thing I've, I've done everything but pray. And really, that should be the first thing. That should be the number first thing. It says that all... As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives and children, it says the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehazel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaniah, and son of Jael. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours but it's God's. This is what the title of my message was today, that the God's word is your, is your protection. That's your protection plan. It is not your battle, no more than it was Jehoshaphat's battle, neither is it our battle. It's God's battle. He did not break, and, and regardless of what some media might say or some prophets or pastors or whatever, and I find that some of them are just speaking as, just as much doom, God did not bring this on us. God, if you, if God decide, when God decides to punish, to bring a wrath on the world, you're going to know it. And He did not. He's not going to pick certain groups and bring it on them more. God doesn't work that way, and, and it goes against what the Word says. He says, "Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the uh, through the accent at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight." God says here, we don't need to fight, saints. He says, take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. I say today, O people of America, O people of all the other surrounding countries, our, our, our allies, God is with them too. God is with us too. And we don't have to be afraid. It's not our battle. He says, but do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. And he says, and then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clans of Kahath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, 
the God of Israel with a very loud thing. And I'm going to move on down to 24. But you know what they did? They did not gather up their arms. Have we understand, and the Bible says, our war is not with flesh and blood. It's not, car it's not a carnal war. This is a spiritual war. And, and he said that he, they did not show up with grenades and rifles and tanks. But God had them to go gather up their praise team. And he sent that praise team out. He told them to send the praise team out. And, and so when the praise team, team went out, by the time they got there, all, God had brought the two groups, all the, all the enemies, all the enemies that was coming against Jehoshaphat, all of them had come against, and he caused them all to slaughter one another. So by the time Jehoshaphat and his praise team got there, all they could see, as far as the eye could see, was dead bodies. And it says that not one enemy escaped. And not only that, they went in there, brothers and sisters, and they collected all their goods. It, they said they, there were so many goods, it took them three days to gather up all the goods. Not only did the enemy defeat them, but he blessed them with all of the spoils, which was their goods. Friends, how can God fight for you? He can fight for you, one, by realizing the battle is not yours, but it's God's. He's the same God now, as I said before in Hebrews 13, 8. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. He changes not. He's not changed at all. So he's the same God serving us and protecting us as he was with Jehoshaphat. All Jehoshaphat had to do was when he, when he got the news, he immediately called on the Lord. And what else? He immediately started putting God in remembrance of what God had promised him. And after he prayed, put God in remembrance of what he promised him, then the Lord, the Holy Spirit came upon this one person and the Lord gave him a, a word for the people. And let me say, they are true prophets in the world. They are true prophetess. There's people that speak, hear from God. We all hear from God if we listen. We might, might not be all prophets, but we all hear from the Lord. But there's some that he does speak through. But you can tell if they are true, if it lines up with the word of God, because the word will always line up with what's being said. If it doesn't line up, then it's not a him. Number two, you can do it by recognizing human limitations. We all are limited in the things that we can do. Excuse me. And allowing God's strength to work through your fears and your weaknesses. Let God's strength. He says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Don't let the enemy steal your joy. Three, by asking God for help in your daily battles. Every day we're going through battles. We're battling because we don't know. Uh, we never have known from one day to the next what the next day brings. But I think it's finally come home to us that we really don't know what the next day brings. We don't know. We know where we are today, but we don't know where we're going to be tomorrow. We don't know where it's, uh, more is going to be here or it's going to be over there or it's just going to come to a halt. We don't know. And so we need to, we need to use wisdom in, in planning the things. We don't need to hoard things. We need to trust God first. Uh, seek the Lord with all of our might and, and just just do enough to take care of your family. And if there's people that, uh, older people, younger people, whatever, that needs help, serve the Lord by seeing what you can do for these people. You know, don't, don't hide from them. Don't hide. God said he does not take pleasure in those that draw back. 
Two, by not forcing outcomes that are not yours to control. We can't control what's going on. By trusting, but by trusting that God is in control and not panicking. And by doing your part and trusting Him for the results. Are you hearing me? We need to be wise and obedient to all those in authority, as I've said before. However, have your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Almighty, God Almighty. Do be obedient. The Bible teaches us that we should have respect for authority. He's really, whether they're good or bad, the Lord has allowed them to be there. We need to pray for wisdom for our leaders, for our country, other countries. We need to pray for wisdom for the ones that are making these decisions. We should pray that the Lord will strip away all of these uh, people that are using ulterior motives to get things done and think about the American people. Think about the ones that really need the help and, and not just focusing on their own personal agenda. Also, you can help by keeping stuff off of Facebook and off of YouTube that is, uh, is bringing fear and adding fear to the people. If you don't have some encouraging news or some way that you can help somebody, just keep your mouth shut. You're not helping. You're hurting. You're hurting them. They're already afraid. They're already filled with fear. It's a spirit. And spirit, uh, fear is a spirit and it's a demonic spirit. But we can take authority over that. And Jeff and I, we're going to talk about that here in a few minutes. When we pray for people, we're going to take authority over that spirit of fear. And we're going to get rid of it, if you're willing. I can't do anything. And Jeff can't do anything. We can't do anything except through the power of God. But, power, but God works through us. And, and if you are willing to listen and to receive it, you can have it. You have to receive it. We can't force it down you. God alone is all-powerful and always faithful. Let's look at some of God's promises to watch over us. There are so many, and I'm just only going to mention a few. The Lord said, says, No harm will come to you. No sickness or plague will come near your home. He tells us that in Psalms 91, 12. He says, if you make... There's a lot of ifs in the Bible that people don't recognize. There's always things that we must do, too. Uh, God is going, yes, God is our Savior. He's, he's our God. He's our Father. He is going to help us. The Holy Spirit is going to help us. But there's things that we must do too. And he says, if you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. He says, and no plague will come near your house, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. So I believe that there's angels in here in, in this sanctuary this morning around me and around us, protecting us, uh, watching over us. I truly believe that. I, there are so many times that I can give witness to if the angels had not been there to help me, I wouldn't be here today. They've saved my life time and time again from car accidents, from other accidents and various different things. Um, and God has rescued me and saved me so and pulled me through so many sicknesses and so many illnesses and been attacked in so many different ways. And it seems to me like that every time when the Lord has got big things going on and He wants you to go get the Word out there, He'll bring something to distract you. It's like, you know, like I said a few months ago, my youngest sister died and went down straight a week and uh, prayed and stayed with her as long as I could to do what I could. And now I hear this yesterday about my other sister and a younger sister <laughs> the next to her. And it, it's... It, it's um, I, I do believe in my heart, I do believe with everything in me that she is gonna, she's going to pull through this and she's going to be fine. I, I, I know that she will be. 
I have faith that she will be, but it was something else to take my mind off of what I really needed to do today. But it says, though a thousand fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, the pestilence. Pestilence is nothing but a plague. It's nothing but a disease. He says, he said, that will not reach you. And you find that in Psalms 91.7. Friends, you must believe this. It must get really deep down in you. The things that I'm saying to you today and the things that uh, Jeff was saying earlier, you must get it deep down inside of you because God is the only one that can truly protect you. And God is only moved by your action of faith. In the coming days, the only thing that can truly protect you from a deadly virus will be a solid personal belief in the promises of the Bible. God will be the difference between disasters and blessings. You have to be in Him and have Him deeply in you to be able to stand. Praise God. In Exodus 23, He said, I, he said, I will take sickness away from the midst of you and the number of your days, he says, I will fulfill. That's a promise from God. If any of you out there today, maybe you're not sick with the virus, but maybe you're sick with a flu, some other flu, or maybe some other illness that's going on in your life. God is saying that promise is not just for the coronavirus. This, this promise is for any sickness that you might be experiencing in your body today. He said, I will take this sickness away from the midst of you and the number of your days, he promises, I will fulfill. In verse 25 in the New Living Bible, it says, you must serve only, and I wrote this in capital letters, you must serve only the Lord your God. If you do, he says, I will bless you with food and water and I will protect you. You'll find that in uh, Exodus uh, 23, verse 25. In other words, you don't have to hoard food and water if you trust in the Almighty because he says, if you will trust in me, he said, I will provide you, I will bless you with food and water. And he, he says, and I will protect you. In other words, there's no need to hoard. There's no need to hoard the food and the water. And, and he says, it, it will be well with you and your days shall be multiplied and prolonged as the days of heaven upon earth, according to Deuteronomy eleven nine. God told the Israelites, he said, I turned the curse into a blessing unto you because I loved you. I truly stand up here this afternoon and I truly believe that God is going to take this curse and that's what it is brought on by the enemy that he's going to take this curse and he's going to turn it around and he's going to use it for his glory and our good. He always, he, in, every, in every incident that I, can, I, in, that I can ever think about, God has always come through. He's always taken what the enemy has meant to harm his children and he has turned it around and used it for their good and his glory. So he's going to get the glory from this. No doubt about that. Saints, he is still the same God today. He will turn this around too, as I just said, what Satan has meant for our harm. God's going to turn it around. He says that I have redeemed you from every sickness and every plague, according to Deuteronomy 28. And we're all familiar with, you may not be familiar with that verse, but you're familiar with Galatians 3.13, he says that he has redeemed you from the curse of the law, having become the curse for you. For he says, as cursed is every man that hangeth on a tree. And brothers and sisters, he did this through his blood. He did this through the blood of Jesus. God did this through the blood of his only begotten son so that we could have this. He says, as your days, so shall your strength be. 
And he says, I will give you strength and bless you with peace in Psalms 29:11. But most of us today are far from being peaceful because all of the talk going on and the lies being spread. But in Psalms 41, 2, he says, I will preserve you and keep you alive. In the New Living Bible, it says, the Lord protects them and keeps them alive. He gives them prosperity in the land and rescues them from their enemies. There should be, I, there's not a sailor there. That's used a lot in the book of Psalms, but there was not a sailor there. I added a sailor. Only sailor means is just to stop and think about what the Lord just said. That, that's what sailor means. And so he's saying here, he gives them prosperity in the land and rescues them from their enemies. Think about that. He says, I will recover you and make you to live. He says, and I'm ready to save you. God is ready. God is always ready. We think we're waiting on God to do something. Actually, he's waiting on us to put our focus and our faith on him instead of uh, what the news people and the uh, government are, are, you know, are spilling out. He says, I give power to the faint and I increase strength to them that have no might. He said, I will renew your strength. I will strengthen and I will help you. You know, and let me say this too. In Isaiah 46, 4, uh, you might want to write this down. In any of these scriptures, I'm giving scriptures but, uh, primarily uh, particular because I want you, I'm hoping that you'll have a pencil and a paper so you can write some of these scriptures down on God's promises to protect you and deliver you uh, from all of this. And, and so this in particular, because uh, we know it's not entirely true, but they do say that people of a certain age, from 60 up and then maybe 70 on up more, are more susceptible to this disease. But we are finding out that uh, young, some younger people have contacted this. But this is a good one if you are of that age. In Isaiah 46, 4, it says, to your old age and gray hairs, he says, I will carry you and I will deliver you. And the New Living Bible says, I will be your God throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with age. I made you and I will care for you and I will carry you along and I will save you. Are you hearing me? He says, I will be your God throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with age. I made you and I will care for you, and I will carry you along, and I'm going to save you. And we know in Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, it says, I bore your sickness, I carried your pains. And he says, and he said, your light shall break forth as the morning, and your health shall spring forth speedily. So those that are suffering from the virus already, those that have sicknesses of other things, he said, I will restore your health, and I will heal you of your wounds, says the Lord, and that he will bring you through speedily. And another thing here says here, he says, I have arisen with healing in my wings. Hallelujah. He says, if you're sick, and this is, Matt, you'll find this in Matthew 9, 12 and Exodus 15, 26. He said, if you're sick, you need a physician. He said, I am the Lord, your physician. God is Jehovah Rapha. God is the God that healeth thee. He said, I heal all matter of sickness and all matter of disease. In other words, he's saying there's not any disease. Uh, there's not any sickness that I can't heal. He said, but let it be to you according to your faith, be it done unto you. 
I'm getting close to end here. I, mostly my point today was just reminding, putting you in remembrance of God's word, according to Isaiah 43, 26, to remind you that we need to go uh, bury ourselves in some of these um, scriptures and just meditate on them. He says, I give you power and authority over all unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all matter of sickness and all matter of disease. You can find that in Matthew 10, 1 and Luke 9, 1. He said, I will heal them all. If you're sick, you need a physician. He said, but there again, he said, I'm your physician. He said, I give you the power and authority over all unclean spirits. And this is a spirit to cast him out and to heal all manner of sickness. Brothers and sisters, who has he given the power to? Us, me and you. He's given us the power and, and he's given us, he's given us all the material that we need here to fight. And we're going to do it with this, this thing right here below our nose. That is going to pull you out wherever you are. I, I know it's hard on so many people and, and I don't minimize anything that's going on, not whatsoever. I know there's people that are panicking because a lot of people are not able to work right now. And it seems like about 75% of the people anyway, the blue collar and some of those, that um, their jobs are being cut off. Uh, they are being concerned. I'm going to use the word concerned and not worried because concerned about where they're going to get the money to pay their bills, where you're going to get the money to pay your bills, where you're going to buy your groceries from, and how you're going to do this. You know, uh, you know your children are home from school. And most of the time, as my granddaughter said, that just adds to the add to the food bill because her daughter normally eats um, lunch at school. And so that kind of messed up her budget. And so some of them has several children, you know, I, as a friend, uh, I know has four children and she had to close down her business. But fortunately, the Lord blessed her with another job that she can still earn the money to take care of her children. And he not only do will do that for her, but he'll do it for others. There are things that can still be done, but you can't just sit there, suck your thumb and feel sorry for yourself and just wait until everything blows over. You, there's some things that you're going to need to do. If you talk to God and we're going to pray about this, if you talk to the Lord and ask him, he will provide. He is our provider. He's our only source. The government's not your source. Your neighbor's not your source. I'm not your source. God only is your source. He said, if you can believe all things are possible to him that believeth. And I had the church the other day. I said, well, you know, the Bible says all things are possible for him that believes. And I believe. And so you need to say that right now. You can say, Lord, I thank you that all things are possible with him that believes. And I believe that all things are possible. So I believe that I'm coming through this. It doesn't look like it right now. In the natural, it doesn't look too good. But Lord, I thank you that you don't work in the natural. You work in the supernatural. And I thank you, Lord, that you're a God that never sleeps nor slumbers. And even while we're sleeping, I thank you, God, that you are working. You're working on a solution to, to take care of this. And all we have to do is just keep our, be like Jehoshaphat and keep our eyes on him. Our help cometh from the Lord. And, and that's the only place that we're going to get it. Faith, he says, in my name makes you strong and gives you perfect soundness. That's in Acts 3.16. Faith in his name. As a matter of fact, you know, when Peter was reaching out to the young man that was crippled and he said, silver and gold have I none, but what I give, what I have, I give to you freely. 
get up and walk. Peter had faith. He had he had faith, and you have the same thing. If you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have faith. You have that same Holy Spirit living in you. As a matter of fact, this morning in my prayer time, I said, Lord, I sure wished I had, I could be like another uh, John G. Lake. You know, when he went through that plague, you know, when he got to the point, his, he and his team went in there and they worked on people and never anything touched them. And when it did, it died instantly. And the Lord just spoke so clear to me. And he said, Joe, you got that same spirit, the same, the, whole, the same Holy Spirit that was living in John G. Lake lives in you. The same pe spirit that lives in Peter when he reached out and asked that and told that guy to get up, that same Holy Spirit lives in you. And he told me that when I was doing a revival up in the mountains last year, uh, he kept repeating that to me for a few weeks. And as it turned out, I had to minister to somebody with um, um, MS. And we got her up walking. You know, got her out of the wheel, got her out of the wheelchair and got her walking. And, and so and uh, she wasn't running up and down the aisles, but she was walking back and forth. It took her a while to get her started. But, you know, you've been in a wheelchair for a long time. It, it takes a while to get up. But she got up and the Lord kept impressing me a week or two before that, that the same Holy Spirit that lived in him lives in me. So I say today that the same Holy Spirit that lives in me, lives in Jeff, lives in those that are listening. The same spirit, if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he lives in you, too. And you've got the same power. You have the same authority and, and you can you can come against any of it. He said it was, you know, and they asked him. What happened? He said, the man's, it, he said, it was faith in my name. It was faith in the name of Jesus that healed this man. It wasn't what Peter and Paul, it wasn't what Peter, it was faith in the name of Jesus that made him strong and healed him. And that's what we're going to do, like I said, in a few minutes. He said, he said I, Jesus Christ, make you hold. My power causes diseases to depart from you. He said, the law, the spirit of life in me has made you free from the law of sin and death in Romans 8, 2. He says, I have delivered you from death. I do deliver you. And if you trust me, I will yet deliver you. I'm going to say that again. He says, this is in 2 Corinthians 1, 10. I have delivered you from death. I do deliver you. And if you trust me, I will yet deliver you. In other words, I've delivered you before and I'm going to deliver you again. He said, I have given you my name and I have put all things under your feet. So whatever is going on today with this coronavirus or any other things going on, God says, I have given you the power in my name and you can put it. It's all under your feet. Ephesians 121. He says, I want it to be well with you and I want you to live long on this earth. God is not the author of confusion. God is not the author of sickness. We serve a good God. He's a good father and he loves us.